The Holy Gospel according to John, the 17th chapter. After Jesus had spoken these words to his disciples, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Thursday was the festival of the Ascension of our Lord. It's always 10 days before Pentecost, which is next Sunday. And since most people don't attend midweek worship services, that festival is transferred through the first lesson and the hymns uh, to this Sunday between Ascension and Pentecost. When the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel, having missed the point of his ministry, his answer changes the subject. It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He tells them not to bother themselves about things that they can't really know, like when the world will end with his return. But instead, they're to focus on the charge that he has given them, to be witnesses to the faith and hope that is in them because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Today, through the Spirit's work, we're adding a lot of witnesses. Um, through baptism, Christian, Braden, Ava, Jackson, Brooks, and plus a number of adults who are formally becoming part of this community of faith in Jesus Christ by affirming their baptismal promises. Those promises and responsibilities are based on God's promises to us in Christ 
which include receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Today's second lesson contains a summary of the basic Christian message and of those promises. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. We are living in anxious times. The pace of technological change leads to fear, which leads to mistrust and angry behavior. We see it in gratuitous complaining, road rage, and gun violence. And this has been intensified by the experience of the pandemic. We've barely managed to digest the iPhone revolution and what it does to our sense of community and connection and to the possibilities of, of disinformation. And now, artificial intelligence is around the corner and challenges our way of life yet again. The writer of 1 Peter reminds us that we can cast our anxiety on the Lord. We can pray for help and for each other and pray also for those who seem to want to hurt us. Jesus does not promise that all our fears and anxieties will go away. On the contrary, he warns us to be careful and watchful, but he does promise that in the end, the God of all grace will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish us. These Bible readings present the life of disciples as contrasting with the culture in which we live. The church is a contrast society with different beliefs, values, and commitments from the surrounding culture. We are, who are baptized are not, not about getting and having, but are called to care and concern for the other, the outcast, the unhoused, immigrants, refugees, the imprisoned, those in any need. Our baptismal promises are not just what God promises to us, but also a call to a different way of life, a life that's lived in the shadow of Jesus' death and resurrection, a life of care for others. This is what it means to live among God's faithful people, nurtured in faith and prayer, learning to trust God, proclaiming Christ through word and deed, caring for others in the world God made, and working for justice and peace. It's our hope and prayer for Christian and Braden and Ava and Jackson and Brooks and all of the adults who will formerly become part of our community of faith in Jesus Christ by affirming these baptismal promises. And we'll affirm those baptismal promises along with them. We can do this with hope and confidence because Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Amen.